What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head. But mostly role-playing games, because they're dope. The turkey is now in my refrigerator, and almost as important, the jelly cranberry sauce is on my shelf! (laughs) That is right! I was not able to get Ocean Spray Cranberry Sauce, a lack, a lay, but <clears throat> the generic kind should be fine. And there's still a couple days left, and I have to make at least, well, I will make one more trip to the store because there's some stuff I need to pick up. You know, I need, what do I need? I need some celery and carrots. Uh, I need some lemon, maybe some fresh herbs for the stuffing and the bird uh i already have a ton of butter got my potatoes i need some cool whip cool whip yeah that's what i said cool whip yeah cool whip why are you saying it like that i got that uh i need to pick up some pie crusts i don't i don't bake i don't have the right tools for it i don't have the right workspace for it baking is very if you're if you bake you're awesome um yeah so but what do we think? I'm going to be making a pumpkin pie. Graham cracker crust? Is that crazy? I know that's not traditional. But maybe? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And so that's it. And as far as today goes, we got a bunch of calls. We'll talk more about food. We'll talk about unboxings. We'll talk about when players miss games. So let's dive into the calls, man. Up first is Taylor. He's calling in with a recipe, which is dope. If folks want to do that, I am super down. So Taylor, what you got? About a pound and a half of ground turkey, one egg, freshly ground breadcrumbs, uh, white bread, wheat bread, per your preference, a block of feta, eight ounces, and dill. You mix the turkey, egg, and breadcrumbs, mix them pretty good, and then you dump the dill and feta, mix that a little more lightly, shape it into a lump, preferably a little rounded on the top, set that on a cookie sheet on top of a baking sheet with lips, and throw it in the oven uh, a 350 for an hour or so. Uh, that'll let the drippings drip off, and you'll have that's my wife's recipe for a Mediterranean style meatloaf. Uh, she's got another one for uh, Southwestern style, but I don't have that one committed to memory. Nice, dude. That sounds tasty, Taylor. Uh, I think I'll I think I'll totally make that. I have I have a pretty decent meatloaf recipe, but it is not very healthy. <laughs> so that one sounds pretty healthy. Uh, and not too much, you know, that's good for just a few folks. And then, yeah, you can make a nice little, a nice little sauce for it. Stick in the Mediterranean zone. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I like it, dude. I think you're going to try it out. Thanks. Yeah. Anyone want to send me recipes? I'm down. <laughs> like I said, this will be a cooking show and to keep on with the food theme for right now. We got some from Ray Otis. Also, in your last episode, you were talking about using holidays and gaming. And uh, before that, you were talking about your love for uh, cranberry gel. 
um, napalm, whatever that stuff is. Uh, <laughs> I got three words for you. Cranberry gelatinous cube, right? But in, instead of a cube, it's a tube. So maybe it's a, a cranberry gelatinous tube. It fits into tunnels. So you can give yourself a round tunnel, uh, fill it with that um, that tasty but vile substance, um, the, the cranberry from a can. And uh, yeah, I, I suppose it's very acidic, right? It would probably, that's, it would probably dissolve things pretty easily. Um, but boy, it would taste good while you're being dissolved. <laughs> cranberry gelatinous tube. I'm so using that, 100%. From now on, all my cubes will be tubes, and they will be purple and delicious. I, I, you said something um, before you said about how it was tasty. You said some other word there that I, I couldn't hear it. It didn't make sense to me. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. I, th- I think your phone might have cut out there. Some static came through, and I couldn't couldn't quite hear what you were saying. But basically what you were saying is that, yeah, cranberry jelly in the can is the jam. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what Ray was saying. Dude, awesome. <laughs> cranberry gelatinous tube. So into it. All right, let's hear from Jason. Joe, the issue is that A, there wasn't a cyberpunk game because I'm a piece of shit, and B, the idea of scorpions and would you go out and adventure and you're low level, low stat, whatever, that's all molded by your by the games. They poison your mind, man. People aren't really levels. In the real world, people don't have levels. And as far as stats, all you do is go to the gym, dude. You you can I mean look at you, dude. You may not be quite as flexible as you were before, but you could do a friggin' full split. You're, you're, you know, so you're obviously more flexible than a lot of people out there. So don't discount yourself, A. And B, you, you know, people aren't leveled. Attributes are BS because you can improve yourself in the real world. So I, I think it's a false argument. Yo, dude, yeah. So first off, first off, you were not an asshole because the game didn't happen, dude. None of that, man. Sometimes stuff happens. The game didn't take place. You couldn't do anything about it. Shit happens, man. No harm, no foul. Like, I did. I don't mind. The game didn't happen. Thursday nights are cursed. This is just another example. One of these days, we're going to just be like, yep, Thursdays are cursed. <laughs> but until then, we'll keep, we'll keep plugging along. Um... But yeah, absolutely, dude. You're 100% right. I could go to the gym every day and start working out and get hella buff and start training with a sword and then go out and fight monsters. But then I'm no longer the average everyday Joe. I'm a person that's dedicated their life to getting swole and getting dope with a sword so I can go survive and kill some monsters. The argument that I've heard is that it be the average everyday person who would go out and go adventuring. And yeah, in the beginning, that might be true. They, the average Joe might go out, but they ain't coming back. <laughs> it's like that scene. What movie is that? Um, I can't remember the name of it. Right? Full Metal Jacket, maybe. One of the Vietnam movies where the drill sergeant. Son, 50 all coming back. 
no, how's it go, son? 50 of y'all going out there, only 25 of y'all coming back. <laughs> that, that's how it'd be. Except instead of 25, it'd be like one, one person. <laughs> one person would come back. Yeah, man, that, that's what I'm saying, you know. It's not about levels, though. I don't know. The idea of levels, you know. Martial arts have levels. When you're training in martial arts, you level up with your belt. Uh, things like the military. The military has levels. As you level up in the military, you get higher ranks. Um, my job. <laughs> my job has levels. I think, what is my title right now? It's changed a few times in the year that I've been here. I think my current title is Social Services Specialist 1. And I can level up to two. <laughs> and I was like, if we're only going to have two levels, what's the point of having levels at all? That is dumb. Anyway, that, that's a topic for another day. But so, yeah, in a, in a sense, there are kind of levels. But that, that, it, it's got nothing to do with levels or attributes or anything. It's just about your average, everyday person in a world full of actual giant monsters and stuff. We saw what happened with regular scorpions, but against giant scorpions, would your average everyday person go out adventuring? I, I don't think so. <laughs> I really don't. Um, I think it would be a select group of people who dedicate their lives to adventuring. And that's cool. Like, we don't see the average everyday person in the real world going out to, you know go out like and be survivalists. Those are people that have spent a large portion of time and effort and money to get to the point where they can do that. Yeah. And that there aren't even monsters like actual giant monsters running around in the real world, which changes the whole equation. So it's not even a good analogy. So just never mind that <laughs> because again, giant scorpions, giant, Fuck off scorpions with big, crazy, stinging tails and pinchers that could cut a person in half. Woo! Get out of town with that. That's, that's all I'm saying. But yeah, man, don't beat yourself up. You do later on in the episode. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, do what you want, right? You're a grown-ass man. You can do whatever you want. I'm not here to tell you what to do. Just in my opinion, there is no need to do that because you didn't do anything wrong, my friend. You're a really dope dude. Anyway, let's hear more from you right now, but this time about unboxings. Hey, man, there's definitely a one-upsmanship and a, hey, I'm keeping up with the Joneses thing with unboxings, right? So it's interesting because there's, there's two things there. There's one, the idea of, hey, I've got something neat and I want to share it with everybody, which I think is the primary motivator for all of our crew that do unboxings, Right. I think that really is the reason you hear Che Webster and Carl Rodriguez and uh, Spencer over at Keep Off the Borderland. I think that, and Daniel or Bandits Keep, I think that's why you hear them do unboxing. So it's like, hey, I got something neat and I really want to share it with my friends. I, I really think that's why they do unboxings. But, but there's definitely a segment of the population out there that does unboxings like, look at this cool thing that I have that you don't have. So I don't think you're wrong there. I just don't think that's the segment of people we deal with. Um, and as far as those overlays, dude, I thought they were like eight and a half by 11. I thought they were regular paper size. If I sent you the wrong link, I'm sorry about that. 
Sorry they were so small. I guess I'm just efficient. I let you down. God damn it, dude. You are not defective, nor did you send me the wrong link. You sent me the link. That's that's what they have. I did more research on Amazon to see if I could find uh, if they had a larger size. They do not. So as soon as I got your message and you said you thought they were the size of regular paper, I was like, oh, shit, maybe they are. <laughs> maybe I just when I held them, I was like, oh, these are small. But let me actually do some. Uh, yeah, let me let me check. So I got out a piece of paper, a uh, piece of, you know, regular printer paper. Eight and a half by eleven or whatever the euro size is, A four, A five, I don't I don't remember. And I'm laying the transparency down. So it's the hexagon transparency that we're talking about here. And yeah, okay, so it is about it's two thirds that's that that seems like two thirds. There's one, two three, I don't know, maybe three, three fourths. Yeah. It's the majority (laughs) of the height of a piece of paper and like almost the whole width. It's like 1920ths the width of a piece of paper. But, but, um, upon further review, the beautiful thing about these transparency, Jason, the beautiful thing is that it, fits almost entirely over the world map, the map of Ireland that I am using. And so that rules, man. <laughs> that that totally rules. It covers I mean, it covers almost all of it. It it's genius and it's going to it's going to work a treat, man. So yeah, even though I if anyone does have ideas on how to get trend like hexagons onto maps in the future, let me know. But as far as for this, it'll work perfectly. Like I'm laying it down right now over the map and yeah, almost all of Ireland is covered. It's about seven hexagons across and given the width roughly of Ireland is like 180 miles. I can do some quick math and make it out, make it a little smaller. It's not exactly Ireland, right? It's fantasy Ireland. So these hexagons can be, 20 miles across, which is how far um, how far you can move in a day, basically, on easy terrain. It talks about in, in Beyond the Wall. So it's, it's, it's perfect. Um, I think it says 20 miles. I'll have to look again. Maybe it says 10 now that I'm thinking about it. But no, I don't think so. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, dude, thank you. Uh, thank you for the link. Thank you for the suggestions. It will work out perfectly. So no need to beat yourself up, dude. (laughs) No need, man. You're, you're good. You're smart enough. You're good enough. And gosh, darn it. People like you. (laughs) Yeah. And as far as unboxings go, dude, for sure. I know, I know nobody's out here trying to keep up with the Joneses. So I don't know. That'd be, (laughs) that'd be pretty sweet if somebody was. Maybe I'm going to do that. I'm going to start buying all kinds of stuff and just collecting shit. And just I'm just going to try and catch up with all you dudes. <laughs> no, man. Yeah, unboxings are just kind of weird, right? Um, yeah, so, dude, thank you again. 
they're awesome. So up next, we have Daniel from the Bandits Keep. He's going to lead us into the next section of calls, which is about uh, missing what you do when somebody's going to miss a game. But he also touches on some of the weirdness of audio unboxing. So it's a good transitional space. So, Daniel, take it away, dude. Insofar as like playing when people aren't there, to me, it depends on the size of the group primarily, but I do try to not set up adventures so that a single person needs to be there because <laughs> that can often be a problem, right? Um, so I never do that kind of chosen one thing in my campaigns, or I try not to. Um, typically, if like a decent proportion of the group is there, I'll move forward and play, uh, assuming the players want to play. The thing is, they know I don't change the adventure because there's less players, so if there's normally six people in the group and there's only two of them and they want to keep moving forward, well, they are going to know it's going to be difficult, although they will end up likely with a lot more experience points because they'll get more treasure. Um, insofar as unboxings, <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, I actually, I like doing them. I think they're fun, but I kind of thought of them as, as parody. That, that's when I first started listening to them, which makes them really fun for me because, right, my first uh, look at unboxings was on YouTube. Right. <laughs> like, it's the whole idea... Of the audio unboxing, yeah, it it, it it's made me chuckle. Because um, before on YouTube, I hated it, right? When it would pop up, when I'd just be like letting YouTube run after watching some videos, and then an unboxing would pop up. I was like, "This sucks! I hate this. This is <laughs> this is garbage. I don't care about your new iPhone that you just got, dude." Um, but then you know when the anchor when I first started hearing them. On uh, who was the first one I heard it on? Was it Jason? Was it Froth? Spencer? I don't know. I don't remember who the first one was, but I was just like, yeah, that's kind of funny. So, yeah, dude. And then as far as the missing games, right? Like, yeah, the whole chosen one thing that that's that's not the issue. It's just that, you know, there are people in my group, especially, and a lot of other people don't want the game to be played if they're not going to be there, right? Uh, not necessarily out of, like, a conscious, selfish idea. It's just I want to be part of it. It's not the same if we're not all there. So, yeah, you know, like, that. that's what it's – that's what I'm talking about. The, the chosen thing idea, you know, it's crazy. You hear about this stuff, this these kind of tropes in gaming and shit that we should all avoid, you know, with a 20-page backstory that we've talked about a ton and – this chosen one thing I have never played in a game or run a game or heard about a f personal friend of mine playing in a game or running a game where there was the chosen one PC. I, we, we had a Merp campaign way back in the day where we were trying to um, get this kid, pallid son of Galad, rightful king of the Dorwinidens, back on the throne. So he was sort of the chosen one, but he was an NPC. But as far as like with an PC chosen one, that's, I don't know. Does that ever happen? Has anyone out there ever played in a game where there is the, cho where one of the PCs is the chosen one and the whole story revolves around that person? If you have, let me know. Cause that sounds crazy. I want to know how that game went, man. <laughs> All right, but up next we got uh, we got Carl with some thoughts on um, troop play and what you do when people miss. So, the geomologist, 
you're up. Hey, Joe. Yeah, I am trying to encourage more troop play since I feel like we always have people not being able to make it to a group or try to have a bigger group with uh, four or five people. And my rule of thumb is at least if there's a quorum, so greater than 50%, 60% preferably. Although I did play the other day with just two people, my Twilight 2000 game, but I guess it depends. I think that was inspired because um, Amy's like, well, if it's going to peter out, I don't want to play. So I'm like, oh, I guess we better get it going. So it, it worked really well. Um, the fortunate thing is that when people aren't there, they've allowed us to use their characters if we need them. We try to keep them out of harm's way. But, um, you know, they know the risk. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, dude. Daniel sort of touched on that, too. Uh, the risk remains the same, right? The adventure remains the same if you decide to play without people there, if everyone's on board with that. And it's cool, Carl, that you're you are on board with that. You know, that that's that's what we need. More dungeon masters to just be like, yeah, if you don't show up, totally fine. No harm, no foul. Like we don't hold it against you, but as long as we got a quorum, like Carl said, the game goes on. It's just it's just nicer. <laughs> the overall niceness increases <laughs> if that makes any sense so yeah dude true play is awesome if you have enough people if you have enough um if you have enough players or even like people that kind of like the thursday group even though yeah that doesn't always <laughs> it doesn't always happen in that group either but uh, yeah about true play and stuff i i realized if i ever run a open table kind of West Marchie style game again, I'm going to do it completely different than I did it last <laughs> than I did it last time uh, or that I am still doing it. Cause I do eventually, I know I keep saying it. I know I keep saying it. I do want to pick that game up again. It's just, yeah, I don't know. I haven't yet, but I do want to, but just, yeah, I, I would do it totally differently. I would do it on a set day. And then if people could, at a set day and time, and if people could make it, they can make it. If not, then not. Because, uh, yeah, with one DM letting everybody suggest times and stuff, that's just too, that turned out to be too chaotic. That works a little better from what I've read about West March's games. That kind of situation works better if you have multiple Dungeon Masters all running games in the same world in the same region kind of thing where players can suggest a game and whatever dungeon master can make that time can make it and like that so if you have you know multiple dungeon masters and a big group of players and some of times people go back and forth between the two like that you could do that would be crazy you could play like every day of the week if you wanted to like that style but that's that's hard to that's hard to get together, though not impossible, and probably not even that hard if you know enough people. And with online play, we probably all do know enough people now. <laughs> Especially, like, you know, you, Carl, and some of you dudes that play a lot more than I do. But anyway, man. Yeah, so up next, and to finish off the calls, is someone who uh, we've heard from earlier. 
Mr. Ray Otis. Mr. Ray Otis is back. Two calls for one episode. That rules. I feel pumped up about that, man. So, Ray, what you got to say? Sure, sure. I, uh, I, I'm going to make a call in, and I finally get one that I think is timely, and then I realize that you released another episode within, like, 12 hours of the first one, and uh, I'm already late. So, it's what it is. Hey, I, <laughs> I got a group of five people that play on Monday night, and we have a standing rule in our table rules that... Um, yeah, one person's not there, we play their character anyway. If there's a way to leave them out, we do. If there's not, then we string them along and have them interject where they would and play them with respect to how they're being played by that player. Um, you know, try to be careful with them and whatnot. But hey, whatever happens, happens, right? And th- that's cool by us. And if like two people can't show, we usually switch over to a one-shot in a different system and just have some fun with a different system. So we try not to miss for that reason unless it's like a holiday and everybody's going to miss. And we're pretty good about that. Why am I not at all surprised you already have a sweet system set up, Ray? Yeah, man. <laughs> of course you do. That sounds like RPG utopia. You know, one person doesn't show, fine. Two people, cool. Game keeps going more. Maybe you play one shot or something. Perfect. That's that's the ideal. That's the ideal situation. Uh, and yeah, man, I hope you had a really happy RPG-filled birthday. It sounded like you were gonna. So I hope that worked out. <laughs> But yeah, man, as always, thanks for the call. I apologize for my rapid fire episodes, but sometimes I can't help it, man. I get bored. (laughs) I get bored. I'm like, I'm going to put out a show. I got calls. I'm going to put out a show. But this time I held off. It's been at least 24 hours since my last episode. So anyway, man, I appreciate it. Now, a smarter, better podcaster than myself would have placed Daniel's call here instead of earlier where I did. Because you remember his message went from players missing games to talking about unboxings. And I put it at the transition point between um, unboxings and missing players. But what I should have done is put it here to transition us from what you do when a player misses a game to more unboxings. Cause I got another unboxing for you. So let's do it. Yep. That's right. It's another butterfly unboxing. All right, here we go. Clickety clack. I'm opening the big manila envelope looking thing that I ordered from Amazon. I don't know what it is. It says this way up. So I'll put it that way up. Cut the shit out of this thing. And yeah, okay, sweet. This is also game-related stuff, too. So what did I get? I got a bunch of Crayola washable markers and dry erase uh, uh, whiteboard spray to erase uh, the markers for drawing on maps. Because we're doing maps and minis and shit in this game. Again, so I needed a new set of markers because all my markers were all dried out and shitty. So yeah, I got I got a bunch of new markers, which is fun. I didn't realize this was a. I I got a shitload. <laughs> I got way more markers than I thought. Well, I can give each player their own box of markers. That's fun, and their own thing a uh, whiteboard eraser spray. So dope. Another game related thing. It's. I am not an artist. I can't see. So when I do try and draw shit on a map, 
on a battle map, it looks amazing. It is it is perfect. Uh, it in, it's full immersion when I draw. It's basically like you're looking at something in 3D. It feels like you're really there. So I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited I got these markers. Right on. Okay, let's let's stop this part. Yeah. So that's it, folks. I think I only have one more unboxing to go. Um, like I, I might have said in one of the earlier unboxings, there was a day I just got a ton of packages all at once. So I just recorded a bunch of them. Uh, but yeah, I, I hope you're having fun with those. I had fun making them. Thank you so much to all the callers. Thank you to uh, Ray Otis of Plundergrounds. If you're not listening to Plundergrounds, you need to. It's fantastic. Uh, thank you to Jason Connerly of Nerds RPG Variety Cast, Carl Rodriguez of The Geomologist Presents, and Daniel Norton for The Bandit's Keep. Thank you all for your calls. I really appreciate it. I love these conversations we get to have back and forth. They're fantastic because otherwise... Yeah, who would I talk to about gaming? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So I'm glad I got y'all to talk to about gaming. It makes me very happy. It's a beautiful day here in Seattle. The sun is out. Um, yeah, I'm outside in shorts and a t-shirt and flip-flops. And pff, it's perfect out here. So I hope you're comfortable wherever you're at. I hope things are well for you, that you're staying healthy and safe and happy. And yeah, until next time, folks, have a wonderful rest of your day, rest of your evening, whatever. I'll talk to you soon. Peace out.